Welcome to the LabOp Leaders Series, a showcase of global change agents and experts in healthcare and laboratory management. Here's your host, LabOp Global Founder, Robert Farias. We'd like to welcome Jeremia Puza to the LabOp Global Leaders Podcast. Jeremia, how are you? Nice to meet you. Ah, thank you, Robert. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, so, Jeremy, I'd like to just uh, introduce you to the audience and have you perhaps describe uh, your academic path then, please. Thank you. As you mentioned, my name's, uh, I call myself Dr. Lab Scientist Jeremiah Pusa or Jeremiah Pusa. Um, <clears throat> currently, I'm in Tanzania, uh, Kilimanjaro region, uh, specifically at the KCMC, where I work as a medical doctor and also a lab scientist. Sorry, Jeremy, and, uh, uh, just a brief clarification. KCMC stands for, for those, for those KCMC who are not. Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro Christian Medical uh, Center. Thank you. Yeah, this Kilimanjaro, uh, Kilimanjaro Medical Center is also having a teaching university, which is called the Kilimanjaro Christian Medical uh, University College. So it's a place a teaching hospital and also a research hospital. So that's why I'm, I'm working as a, a as a physician and also as a laboratory scientist. Uh, you said I have to explain a bit about my uh, my uh, professional background. Um, back then in 2012, I joined a um, bachelor degree in uh, laboratory science or medical laboratory science where I finished my, uh, my first degree in 2015. And thereafter, soon I joined in my other degree, which is a doctor of medicine. Uh, along that path, uh, it have been um, a wonderful experience, especially when I was doing my lab science uh, degree because um, it was new to me when I started. Uh, it was not that much known. And when I, I, I started doing it, I <clears throat> found a lot of opportunities which were there. Um, most of them they were not yet explored. One of it was um, just a quick knowledge about what is laboratory medicine. What are, uh, what 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 do people do after they are done with the with lab science? What are the opportunities available for for young people that they can explore? So throughout my laboratory science um, uh, degree, I was also researching a lot about. Uh, what is happening within the cause and uh, what are the opportunities. And that was the time which also I wrote my, 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 my first book about laboratory medicine, the cornerstone for evidence-based uh, practice. So why I wrote that book, first of all, was to answer my question, which were not answered easily by people. I was there in the school, but no one could explain in detail what is laboratory science, what are the spectrum of things that this person can do? So I was trying to answer them by ask, interviewing um, people who are working in the Ministry of Health, who are working specifically in the diagnostic area, also the senior lab scientists who are working, collecting all those information. So uh, it was wonderful years for me to, to learn all about the practices of lab science and um, all about also the, 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 the opportunity which are available. But maybe I was a bit curious. I wanted to, to have a big understanding about the medical field. So after I had done with uh, laboratory science, I went further and applied for my uh, degree in medicine. And this curiosity was also driven mostly by, by the experience from US and uh, other places whereby people do 
first degree maybe in humanity or in law and thereafter they, they they do another degree in medicine so that was like okay so even myself i can do because i'm young and i'm still curious i want to learn more so i can expand my my horizon so i went for medicine but he, during my attendance as a, a medical student, I was also working as laboratory scientist. So throughout the time as medical student, I also took my time um, after classes going to the laboratory and I was working in a pathology lab. So I've been working there and um, having all the duties as laboratory science throughout my time. So that's why I can easily speak about laboratory science and also I can speak easily about um, medicine because I was now doing laboratory science during my 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 time, which is free. Then uh, at the same time, I was I was doing medicine. Uh, after I done with um, degree of medicine, uh, fortunately I did uh, research on uh, cystosomiasis, which was also in, involving a lot of that uh, of of of, um, of investigations and uh, also rapid tests, which also touched a lot of laboratory. I got opportunity also to to have someone who could sponsor my research. And uh, later on, I, I went to Leiden University in the Netherlands. And uh, that one, I was in fourth year of the medical, medical studies. When I was there, uh, I developed the interest and also um, people were interested, especially the professor who uh, I worked with them, uh, including Professor Pankras, who is the Dean of Leiden University Medical Center, and also Professor Maria, who is a, a very renowned uh, scientist and um, contributor. Last year, just won the Nobel Prize in the Netherlands. So all those people were interested to work with me, especially in the area of infectious diseases. So you can see I had the background of medicine, but people were still very interested to work with me in areas of uh, laboratory science. So. Um, I said, okay, let us continue. And um, I continued with the research and I came back, I finished my last year of uh, medicine and I started my internship. And during my internship, I, I was also fortunate enough also to join, uh, to start my PhD by starting writing the proposal and other procedures. So currently um, working and also doing my PhD in um, immunology and vaccine, which again touches a lot with that. Uh, touches a lot about clinical medicine and also laboratory science because most of the investigation, like finding out the, 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 the immune profile, the T, the B cells, and the innate cells, it's all involved laboratory, but also a lot of clinical things. Yeah. Definitely. That's so a, those are the, that, that's the path in terms of medicine, but there are a lot of other things that I've done for self-development to see myself that I sharpen the skills of, of interacting with people and uh, yeah, going that, to my goals. And that's good, Jeremy. And let me just, let me just back up a little bit. So uh, your medical school, did you also do it at KCMC? Was that yeah, your, sure? Okay, you continue there. Yeah. And then from uh, from uh, so there's there's a lot there's a lot there that you've obviously accomplished, and congratulations on on those steps. It's actually ironic that you mentioned the path that you've taken because uh, probably the most common thing I hear when I ask people about their motivations for getting into lab science um, uh, was that they actually did want to get to medicine first. It just didn't work out for whatever reason, whether it happened to be grades or funds, uh, and then they ended up in in lab science. So it's quite interesting that you took that path and then still the medicine medical degree. That's uh, that's quite impressive on your behalf, and certainly the research will will catch up on. Uh, so, Jeremy, help me help me understand a little bit more because 
Um, as you mentioned, that's not the end of your path. Uh, there, there are more things you've done uh, that, that I came across, at least in, in, in doing a bit of pre-research for this session. But let's talk a little bit more about your, your work on schistosomiasis, if we can. So could you give us a, um, bit, more, a bit more detail about that in terms of what you're specifically looking at in the area? So um, Moshi uh, is known to be a place whereby there's less uh, infectious diseases. And um, there are a lot of research which are done about sexosomiasis in areas of uh, Lake Zone, like Lake Victoria and Mwanza and other areas, uh, specifically in Uganda. And uh, mostly also in uh, areas whereby there is a lot of water, especially in Zanzibar and other places. But Moshi was not that much considered to have infectious diseases like the soil transmitted infection, ascaris and other soil transmitted infection, but also sexosomiasis. But uh, through my reading, when, uh, when I, I found Professor Maria, who was also very interested in infectious disease, I tried to find out is Moshi having anything related to the infectious disease because there are less less um, research about that. And I found the last research which was done about sexosomiasis was uh, back on 2000, um, in 2004, and uh, explained a bit about the 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 the, the sexosomiasis. They also did um, qualitative research and educating students, especially primary school students. So uh, okay, I said I think. It's good because water bodies are still there and people are still doing something like irrigation schemes and um, things related which may expose them to the infections. And I said, okay, let me try go back and see what is happening since 2004 in terms of uh, infectious disease like this one, uh, which I've mentioned. So I wrote the proposal and um, I went back to do my research to primary school uh, students, uh, pupils, and um, uh, mostly was on prevalence, at least to see the big picture. So when I did the research, I found uh, an interesting uh, pattern of which it, there are a lot of students who people who were infected with sexosomiasis more than uh, 30 to 50 percent in some areas. Mm -hmm. So that, that was quite high number, uh, but we used the rapid test. So we started also after doing that, and now we are confirming it, and still we get almost more than 15% of people who are, or children who are infected with a sexosomiasis. So I think that was the bit of background of what happened. And um, that opened even more interest because we know um, parasite, parasitic infections, they are very um, intelligent kind of, um, uh, of, uh, of uh, organism. They, uh, they can modulate our immune system that they cannot be chased away by our immune system. They have a way to escape from the, from the fighting from immune system. Therefore, then I was provoked, okay, can I link the infections with our immune system? How does someone who is having infection looks in terms of immunity, the T cell, the B cell, the innate cells? And um, how will this person later on also respond to vaccine because he has this infection? And uh, my interest went further to compare the rural and the urban, those infected and not infected. So actually that is that, that is the, a little bit about the, the, the mm -hmm. interest of sexosomiasis. Interesting. And I guess that that also may have flowed into your focus on the PhD in terms of immunology, or is, is that is that where that connection yeah. is? Great. Yeah, sure. Great. Yeah. So um so Jeremy, please please help us understand then a little bit. So I know you've gone on to do many other uh 
many other studies in many other areas as well. Uh, can you just describe to us, just a, a give give the audience a bit of a, a taste of the different topics that you've been working on, both on a self-development side and, and perhaps professional? I'm not sure I'll, I'll ask the question. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, I think to me, I like to call myself, I like, it's like professional uh, student. <laughs> okay. So I tried to go uh, to other areas also to learn, especially in areas of learning. I like learning, therefore I invested most of my time also learning how to learn. So during that process, I was learning why human beings need to learn and how to train our brain to keep learning and adding value on what we want to, to grow on. And also, what are the techniques? Because it has been challenging people to concentrate, to learn, and also to synthesize the information that they can easily use them. So I invested a lot of time using the Coursera platform and other online platform to enlarge my understanding about learning. So during that process, also, I wrote a book about climbing to the peak of learning success, of which it was very nice and still a very nice, um, uh, nice book that I have ever written. And uh, it was mostly experimental book because uh, it is it's a research-oriented kind of book. So that learning was took me from learning how to learn to, to a point of writing a book and to a point of using those skills and um, skill set that I gained during the research process and writing to use them in my life. So that also made me to, to become a lifelong person, a learning person who is keeping learning and uh, feeling good to learn. So that is one. Uh, the second call that I did was about the MBA. I did uh, my MBA in um, uh, general MBA, uh, which talked a lot about leadership, strategic management, business uh, marketing, uh, about um, about uh, logistics. Like you get a whole topic about logistics, how to make sure that logistics work well, how to make sure that logistics reduces the cost of what you are going. You want to sell if you're an entrepreneur working back about strategic, how to outsource, do many other things. So that again opened a lot of uh, opportunities, specifically on how I communicate to people, how I, I, I see opportunity different from other people and um, how I explore the opportunity in detail and find out what can work and what doesn't work. So MBA was an important component and I, and I, can, I can even tell other people who are maybe following this podcast that, that um, it's one of important area. Nowadays, a lot of courses are available for just free. Just try to follow for a few of them. They can help you a lot in terms of uh, increasing your, your, your visibility on how you can uh, use the skill set that you have being a lab scientist, being a doctor, being a lawyer, but you still need something else to, to make sure that you sharpen what you're having. Apart from that, also, I, I touched a bit about, um, I did a certificate in um, IT, information technology also using Coursera and um, that was important because I had a fear I remember I had a fear about technology like uh, how can I use the computer how can I how can I interact it with it well so during COVID-19 when it started you know school went off and uh, people had to stay home I said okay let me take challenge can I take this three months and make sure that I'm finishing the 18, 80, 80 month course within three months because it was self-paced course. So I invested the time and I studied it and um, I finished it. When I finished it, I, I'm a bit confident about it. I'm a, conf I'm a bit confident about 
using technology and I'm also evolving with technology. I can I can find something, I cannot be a stranger, I can solve my small problem regarding computer, connection, finding sources of information. All those were important for me to develop where am I. So yeah, there are many other things that I've done regarding studies, but I think those were a few uh, to highlight. That's that's fair. So it'll be uh, so we'll, we'll address you as doctor, doctor, lab scientist, uh, technologist, novelist, or author. I should say, not novelist, uh, author, uh, <laughs> pedagogue. That's <laughs> we'll keep finding the proper titles for you, Jeremy. I appreciate that, uh, and, I, and congratulations on the continued professional development as well. Um, I, I sort of chalk this up all into professional development, as all these aspects certainly uh, make you more well-rounded and and more capable in the variety of areas. So, what may I ask? What is your uh, in quotes your day job? What is your regular <laughs> What is your regular activity? Do you still have hospital time? Uh, you still spend most of your time in hospital shifts. What's your uh, your typical day like yeah so as i told you i'm working in pathology department okay. so pathology department has has uh, both of my 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 day jobs it has part of lab science yes and also it has part of patient care because okay. um, there are patients who come for screening who come for sample taking um there are moment also you meet patients so i have opportunity to see patients but i also do a lot of um uh, lab related works like uh, staining um grossing um yeah doing all those kind of things that are possible so i have located different duties in different days of my weeks but i also take two days off for my phd great great well, that's uh that's that's quite impressive jeremy it's uh it's, it's well done on your behalf um May I ask then uh, for, interestingly enough, for some advice. So uh, a large part of our audience are, uh, are medical lab scientists, medical lab science students, and people in the, in the general pathology area as well. Uh, yeah, for, those, yeah. for those who are in the student and early career mode, uh, what, what's your general advice for them uh, as, as far as when they want to proceed? Uh, naturally, there's a lot of different paths you've taken. Uh, and what's your recommendation for them as they get their career started? Um, I think they're in right track. Whatever they are doing, they're in right track. The most valuable uh, uh, component that I've learned throughout the these two careers, especially medical doctor and uh, lab science, and I've learned that a lab science person is more in position to to decide and innovate than a medical doctor because of time in terms of flexibility and uh, also in terms of. Uh, free interaction and availability of resources, especially in innovation. So if you really love science and you want to add value in terms of science, not you're not that much uh, passionate about uh, uh, patients, then lab science is very uh, great opportunity for you to explore science and reach far away. And I can tell them that it, that's the very nice opportunity, specifically if someone also wants freedom because what I learned is uh, when you become doctor, like a bit freedom is taken away. Uh, you have to real uh, deal with patients and uh, being honest, it is good to, to choose one. If you, you have selected to be doctor, then you have to choose that there are things you have to sacrifice because you are dealing with life of people. But when you have a lab science beside you, uh, it's a bit, you are, you are, you are a bit, uh, you have a located time which is very well known that maybe I have this shift, of course, like doctors, but it has kind of freedom when I compare two of them. 
that particular freedom, if well used, it can make you progress very well in terms of professional development. And um, otherwise, there are a lot of opportunities now opening up in biomedical science. And lab scientists, students, they have they have to open up soon after they have they they, they start their studies. They have to know that there are a lot of opportunities in the same of molecular biology, vaccine development, immunology. Every area of uh, laboratory science is growing. And uh, the very important component is they have to open up for technology because a lot of things are changing from uh, manual to technology-based things. Therefore, they have to be very curious and uh, uh, interested to learn machine learning and other ways that they can easily interact with machine and uh, they can still remain uh, uh, valuable in the in the in in terms of in terms of uh, potential that they have because machine are there but. They need people who are valuable, who they can think critically. Uh, and I think those are important components. Otherwise, there are a lot of opportunities. They have to really, when they're starting their medical, medical laboratory career, they have to attach also to other things like research, attending clinical works, find out the opportunity and also uh, select the right people to, 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 to mentor them and to, to, to follow them so that they can get inspired and the not follow the same pattern, but rather use the, the stone that have been already prepared to step to further steps of, uh, of, uh, of growth in their development and career. That's great. It actually sounds like uh, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be recommending them to read your book on climbing to <laughs> climbing to the, the peak of learning success. Cause it sounds like uh, above it, above all, uh, the ability to continuously learn and the ability to to remain on top of things, particularly as a lab scientist, uh, is going to be critical. As you mentioned, the advancing technology in the field is going to make it as such that you have to have that curiosity about science and you have to have that curiosity about the technology uh, to remain current as well. So I think that's uh, uh, both the, the title of your book as well as probably a, a good a good model for many people in the field. Yeah, so, and I think uh, apart from that, climbing to the peak will help them stay school and learn and enjoy their learning, but uh, also laboratory medicine will keep them open-minded in terms of what is happening in the field of lab science. Mm -hmm. That's great. And uh, let me just ask you, Jeremy, it's something that we do for all our guests is we invite them to uh, acknowledge people who have been mentors, people that have, have helped guide them along their path to success. Uh, certainly you've done a lot of this uh, self-directed, it seems, but uh, anybody on your end that you'd like to acknowledge for their help or support along your journey? Uh, actually, whoever is listening from this podcast, they have to understand that uh, all these milestones that I've taken, they have, have not been alone. They have been people and um, along them is my family and um, my, my family, including my mother, my young brother, sister, but recently, when I was also a student, uh, my, my, my girlfriend who became my wife, so all those people contributed a lot in terms of my development. But in terms of our mentors, uh, I have a lot of them, and I maybe list a few of them, uh, including Dr. Elichilia Shao, who have been a uh, brother and uh, also an instrumental person in terms of uh, interacting with him and uh, opening up the door for other people. Um, Dr. Nyombi, who was a lab scientist and also um, a PhD holder in microbiology. Um, my, 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 my administrators, the, the people, my bosses, especially uh, KSMC um, bosses, including Professor Gilead Masenga, 
who was uh, also saw me when I was even still um, having my first degree and opened up for the second degree and now for PhD, Dr. Sara Urasa, uh, Professor Blandina Mbaga, and uh, the many people who have contributed this, all what I have. And um, I just appreciate them. And if they hear about this message, they have to know that I appreciate their, their, their contribution in my life. And I'm still open to interact with them and uh, humble, humbly learn um, whatever footstep they have passed. And uh, they always say that you have to step on the, on the shoulder of the giant that you can see far away. So they are giant to my journey. Great. Well said, Jeremia. Um, thank you very much for your time. We, we certainly hope to, uh, to have many more interactions with you in the coming months and weeks. And uh, uh, I think we'll have plenty of reason to do so after this, uh, after this podcast. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Jeremia. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, Robert. And um, I appreciate also to, to find out that I can have something to contribute to your, to your plat platform. To make a suggestion of someone that would make a great guest or topic you would like to hear more about, please visit us at labop.org. That's L-A-B-O-P-P dot -P org. Thank you.